0: Why, hello there. This is DJ Art of the High Score 510 Podcast. First of all, I would like to thank you for listening to our show. Second of all, I want to remind you with a shameless plug of our Patreon page. Join our growing community and help support an indie podcast. The perks of being a patron, you ask? Number one, you'll get our weekly quick hitters. Number two, you'll get feature conversations that are too hot for our regular show. And number three, we cannot leave out number three, why Jesus will bless you. So go check out patreon.com backslash highscore510. And for the price of a tall pumpkin spice latte, you can help AG3 afford his Peloton subscription. Regardless of which, we appreciate your support and hope you enjoy the show.
1: You are listening
0: to Highscore510. We were thinking about changing names. So we're high school, 510. We started off like pen as like a weed and sports show, right? But as the yeah. show has evolved and morphed, it's, it's,
2: it's you know, it's still about sports. Sometimes. No, no, no. Tell the truth, Derek. A couple <laughs> of his, uh, former, his former people that used to host the show got too high off of irregular weed. Yeah. And then <laughs> you couldn't make it on Sunday.
0: And we used to be a weed show where we, you know, get, all get high and uh, yes. But, you know, as the show is morphed. Less about weed and sports now, and more about two diabetics and a coon. So that's, I was thinking about changing the name to Change the name show that.
3: Two diabetics
1: and a coon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. That's an aggressive pivot. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: y'all see uh, your boy Kik Cudi last night? On what? He's on SNL. That was Kid Kud- Cudi. I ain't gonna watch a lot of SNL. Y'all didn't see him. Here's a video of him. I'll share my video. Hold on. Oh, come on. Let me dude. share. Let already <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
2: Here go, man. Here you go. Y'all like my dress. Now, what possessed me to put on this mess? I called my auntie. I said, hey, auntie.
1: I think your garden dress will look good on me. Me. Let me explain. See, I'm a huge fan of his Kurt bank He wore this dress and so I copied that shit. Now that I'm
2: wearing it, I think that it fits. It fits. I wear it day and night. <laughs> Come on. Where was the real performance?
3: <laughs> was it? <laughs> was, that, was that the real performance No, there's
2: some
0: somebody yeah, that did his voiceover. It was bullshit, this dude. But he really wore jazz on SNL. That's what we're trying to figure out. Yeah, yeah, he wore that last night. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, well, that's real.
0: <laughs> you know, I couldn't find W. Kamal Bell's stand-up on YouTube anymore. They took that shit down. It was hard to find.
3: It must have not been that good. They took Most- it down because nobody was laughing at the shit. I took it down, too. They ain't the only shit taken down. Some <laughs> of our first shows have been taken down for the same reason. For the same reason. Like, hey, man, this shit ain't good. Take this shit off. Take this shit off. SoundCloud, take it off. Poppy I mean, take that shit off. You can still take find some w original shit
0: on, uh, on SoundCloud, though. There's a couple episodes still.
3: But you got to you got to go through Pan's Labyrinth to find that, Jerry. It ain't like it's right there. They ain't they ain't advertising that shit. Yeah. You got to answer a <laughs> Sphinx question and do all kind of shit to get to that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Pendarvis, uh Just real quick, I got a question, man. You you don't need any dental work soon or any medicine you got to pick up? Um, I'm sure I do. Uh, why is it that you ask? Uh, you, you, you you probably should hurry up and do it because Jarrett always invites people on the show, but he never tells them that this show can Paul Pierce you real quick. You could be out of a job because of some of the shit that gets said on here. And he never tells people that. So I'm like, get your dental work done. Get your medicine picked up. If you got kids, get they shit taken care of. Get any inoculations. Take care of it because Jared don't tell you. <laughs> Six days of vacation. That, that's what I'm concerned about. <laughs> Cash them out. Do whatever you got to do because Jared don't tell you, man. You be looking like Paul Pierce on this show. Show you be looking like two days after Paul Pierce posts that video on this show. You be gone. Eric will start twerking in the background. <laughs> the sad part, the sad part, if I start twerking, I'm wearing more, I'm wearing less clothes than those women were wearing. I, I'm like, how did Paul Pierce get fired when they, they were fully clothed? Like that was that was actually more PG than some of the shit I've seen. I mean, think about it. ESPN come out with the body, the body issue every year. They ain't got no clothes on. Paul Pierce had strippers with clothes on. Hmm. Uh, he was like faded, though.
1: They had. A but that could be a hairline commercial.
0: commercial. Well, he was hitting a blunt, like on it too. I think. I think that's how they got him too. Is like I didn't see him hit. Apparently, there's some uh, still images of him just straight blunt in his mouth. I was like, oh, you know.
3: Hey, you know it keeps his hairline. Medicine hey, for hairlines
2: is in California. It's totally legal. The That's man hairline
3: cool. looked great. That's the only thing I noticed about that video. I was like, man, you I, need to smoke <laughs> more bloods here I thought about calling the same stripper. Hey, 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 hey. Monica, you want to make some money? Come here. You can make you some money. Keep my hairline from moving back farther on my head. <laughs> Whatever he did at that party, keeping that hairline looking like that.
2: I think he's using magic.
3: Yeah, he's using magic, stripper magic.
2: Stripper magic.
3: There's a reason they had all their clothes on. They there for <laughs> keeping his hairline there, keeping his hairline from moving back. He
2: was, he was. We didn't see the whole massage. She may have been massaging his hairline.
3: I'm telling you, you guys know I don't have a problem talking about dead people, but I don't like, you know, just smearing someone's name. But I wouldn't be surprised if my boy who played Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman, had strippers with fully clothed, too, because his hairline was great. And he born the same year I was. hmm <laughs> My hairline issues spin hairline <laughs> issues, man. You talking to me, I'm out here straight bald. <laughs> I was straight bald before the pandemic.
1: <laughs>
3: oh. oh, I grew yeah. my hair out for like, damn near 20 years. Then, you know, hairline started, stuff start, stopped growing in certain areas. My hairline moving back. I thought my forehead was growing. I thought I had like some kind of dwarfism or something. Or giganticism, because I thought it was like, shit, my forehead getting bigger each day.
0: You was using that same lotion that Barry Bonds is what you was doing. Man, like, like oil. Exactly.
2: clear exactly clear and a cream. It's like I was, exactly. It's just
0: flaxseed oil. My forehead keep growing. <laughs> Y'all ready to start the show?
2: Yeah, I told we been stuff Yeah,
0: all
3: right, all yeah, right. So yeah, I've yeah, been we'll on start. this motherfucker since twelve forty five. You go say Are we ready to start the show. <laughs> uh, Negro, you started. know you was late. Look, look, look. I <laughs> am the epitome of CP time when it come to the show. <laughs> You know, Prime Minister he'd be inviting like all these, you know, and no offense when I say this, he invite people of, of less of different races on this show. And, you know, yeah. different races got different beliefs in time, right? And he'll be like, he'll have the show lined up full of white people and would tell them to get on at the same time I get on. And that really hurt me because I got on, I beat them all on, but I was stressed that whole morning. Like, if you bring a Filipino guest on, guess what, Jerry? You could tell us the same time. I'll still be later than him, but you could tell us the same time. He won't, we won't, we'll be close. What about Pedro? He's field Negro. Yeah. I, don't, I don't, apparently I didn't get that gene.
0: Yeah, don't. I
2: don't want no problem from the man. i try to do I try to do what he say and be right there for him. I love the white man. He always paid me on
3: time. You see, that's the thing. Pedro was one of the field, field ones. I was in the house, so I could get away with a little bit. I got my
2: shovel boss, man.
3: I could get away with a little bit. I was close to the white man, know how to speak like him when I was in the big house. I could get away with a couple. I can Say things, strong. they'll come off as phone. If he said it, they have to get his tongue cut, cut out. Oh, so there
0: you go. Oh, yeah, I froze a little, my, my shit started going out. I know you're saying something ignorant, though.
3: Yeah, you don't have to, I don't <laughs> have to repeat it. It was ignorant.
2: <laughs>
0: All right, Ben, sorry. Sorry, we, you know, we, you just, you know, jumping right into the fire, but uh, glad to have you. Um, but to start the show, I need a letter.
1: Like a letter of the alphabet?
0: Yeah, just a letter from the alphabet, though.
1: Letter of the alphabet, can I do any? Oh. So, English alphabet? I'm, I'm...
0: No, that's good. I, you know, that's that's the first time we've gotten any Well, we got one, we got an aura, but this is this is the Enye. We have not had an Enye yet, so let me see. Um, Ronald Acuna, Manana Negros.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know he's what? always going to make up he's always hey, going to make
1: up with that's a hell of a t-shirt <laughs> yes Negroes. <laughs> like oh yeah, yeah. with the with n-a I, oh. I don't know why n-y-a-n-y-a-w-a-n-y-a-w <laughs> i kind of like that that could be another one too bro N-A-B-A. like
0: <laughs> welcome ladies and gentlemen you listening to the high school 510 podcast you can catch us at high school 510 on the instagram the youtube and the twitter Well, not to Twitter, because we got banned. Also, check us out at the dot .com and on the Patreon at patreon.com backslash highscore510. And we are here
3: with... This is AG3, coming at you faster than than other Black people on the show. I can beat them to the show. I can beat them on time. Except for Pedro. (laughs) Aaron was on time today. So this is what you get, Aaron
2: i'm not gay no more i am
3: delivered you know that's appropriate for what i gotta say later on church things church things <laughs> not i'm not gay no more <laughs> and if i was i would give up i said,
2: women i'm not gay i would not date a man i would not tear a purse i would not put on makeup i will i will
3: love a woman See, I always wonder how I would react after the OJ Simpson trial to be sitting in church and him up there giving testimony. <laughs> and listen to that tells me how I will react. <laughs> this motherfucker up here lying. I might even say motherfucker in church. <laughs> be right behind it because this motherfucker in here lying.
1: Sir, your microphone's on, sir. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Oh
0: shit. Yeah.
2: All right. And uh and we are here with Hello everyone. Is everybody's uh, favorite truck driver, Captain P. Funk, coming at you faster than my credit report and my DAC report from my current employer. Can a nigga borrow a french fry? Please, please, <laughs> please. Just one french fry. <laughs> trying to get out of here.
1: <laughs> and we're here with our special guest today, our special guest. Pin Darvis Harshaw, that's Pin um, for short, coming at you faster than it toddler with some sticky
0: fingers (laughs) (laughs) all right let's see i'm gonna find you a good one hold on nobody punking nobody here and my name is jared aka dj art with two t's for a double dose of that tank tank the d is silent so it's just
2: jart you see big show that is why they boo you that is why they don't treat you with respect because you whine you you moan and you complain but me why why you boo me Shut your
0: mouth. Well, uh, we're here today uh with Pendarvis Harshaw, Man, how you doing, brother?
1: I'm all right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, maxing, relaxing. How about yourself? So y'all how y'all doing?
2: Okay, it. You know, just trying to make it every day. <laughs> trying to just trying to run away from the sugar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh Penn, you have you have your your own show. You are a journalist for mm-hmm. KQED. Am I correct? Yep. Yeah, man. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about your show. What is what is the podcast that you that you're doing right now currently?
1: Podcast is called Right Now. It is as the title entails. It's about things going on right now. Look at artists, movers and shakers, people involved in politics. Uh, Ask them about what they're doing right now and how it kind of speaks to a larger story. Be the larger story, kind of like what's going on in the nation or internationally or something historically. Um, and it's fun. We do it every week interview, just like, say, for example, four five days coming up this week. So we talked to two different artists from San Francisco who recently created a documentary and a, um, an audio piece to accompany the documentary. Baghead and Serial for the Kids are their names. And they uh, created something called Dedicated to Those Who, um, and it's a documentary about San Francisco. So that's to, you know, give you an example of what the podcast is about. And then, yeah, right. I got a column and the column, they just let me just talk my shit. Um, mm-hmm. And I largely write about the black community in the East Bay, but um, since moving to Sacramento about 18 months ago, it's focused on Northern California as a region and um, everything from arts and culture to politics and business, uh, health care, I haven't done too much on diabetes, you know, now that we mention it.
0: No, you know, what? Yeah. you'll have two more readers if you do.
2: <laughs> right, right, right. Just, uh, yeah, yeah.
3: Make sure you put that article where it's the black screen if, with the white words, because you know the diabetes be fucking with our vision.
2: Yeah,
1: that helps.
0: <laughs> yeah, their metaphors is wearing out. Uh, I'll say that. Um, so what got you into journalism, I guess? Cause I know you've been you've been writing for a while now, and I know you went to you went to UC uh, Berkeley for journalism yeah, yeah. school, you know what I'm saying? So congrats on that. That's dope. But yeah, what Isn't got you into cabin?
3: What's it? What law cabin? What are you talking about? What's the name of this journalism school there?
1: Oh yeah, yep. Yeah. It, it does look like the uh, law uh-huh. from the, the
3: that uh, wooden building.
1: Look like the thing from the uh, syrup bottle. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, journalism. What got me started, man? I, um, Coach Jared and I go back to high school days. Uh, you actually the first person I met when I went to one of the first people I met at the Athenian School back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, since even before then, I was writing um, mostly poetry, raps. Um, when I got to Athenian. I buried myself in my headphones and my notebook and just kept writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, between 10th and 11th grade, that's when I found youth radio. And they told me that I could tell the same stories that I'm telling the raps, but they don't have to rhyme. You don't have to do it on beat and you can still get paid for it um, And I'm, that's journalism. Um, and that's what I started doing. And at about 17, 18, I was into it. Um, public media proved to be just a different path for me because I didn't see too many people like myself in that lane. And i realized with public media like you could be 70 years old and still do this you know Uh in fact uh like it you get more respect when you're 70 years old in public media you know yeah Um, Yeah. and so that longevity compared to like i didn't see 70 year old rappers at the time now i think we got one at least Um, yeah (laughs) jay-z
3: right exactly
1: (laughs) right um just doing that realizing it's a way to get paid and you know I, i did poetry and rapping for a minute but it died out, plus I had a hard time remembering my own raps on stage. That's so what I was like. You know, you he was, he wasn't out
3: there doing that uh, Youth Works, uh, uh, spoken word, were you? Yeah, youth, anything in the East Bay, you youth speaks, yeah, you speaks. What was the black okay? It was the white dude and the black dude, what was Bermuthi. One yeah. of them was Bermuthi, Bermuthi and- Mark. I, I call him Mark. His mama named him Mark. I'm, I'm Bermuthi's, so like he, I'm like his anti Muhammad Ali when they call it. I don't call that dude Bermuthi, I call him Mark. His mama named Clee. I'm going to call him clean. Like, when I met you, you were smart. No grudges hold, held whatsoever. Um, <laughs> nah, he's, he's talented, he's, though. He's talented. All,
1: all those circles, man, just being in those circles uh, oh. of, of writers who came to those different channels. Um, just took me into the game, academy, employed. And, yeah, see, so you mentioned UC Berkeley. Before that, went to Howard um, and um, worked in schools all through Oakland and went to UC Berkeley. Now I'm at KQED, and he's yeah, been writing all my life, man.
2: Sounds That's good,
1: man.
3: Yeah, it's all fun. That stuff yeah, sounds good. And you, where were your parents? Were your parents from,
1: uh, where are you from the South? Or? Yeah, pops is from Alabama. Mom's from Ohio.
3: Alaba- oh, wow. Yeah, you what kind of look is that? What <laughs> kind of, Pedro from Ohio, my folks, Alabama. That was uh, yeah. interesting. What well,
2: part of Crazy. Ohio, part of Alabama? Uh, Cleveland, Ohio, my family's from. Um, okay. And Aaron's family's from Sweetwater. Sweetwater, Alabama.
1: Got you, got you. So I got... um. I got Montgomery, Alabama, and oh. I got Columbus, Ohio. And I was born in Columbus, actually,
3: originally. Okay. Oh, okay. The reason I asked that, because you got one of them strong Southern names, like Pendarvis. Like, and, you know, I, I was like, damn, man. I knew I had Pendarvis at my church. You know, Reverend Pendarvis. And I was like, man, when I when Jerry would tell us your name before, I was like, yeah, my boy Pendarvis. I was like, that. what'd I say? That's a great name, man. Like, why didn't my parents give me a good old strong Southern name like that? If my parents would have named Pendarvis, my life would have been different. I dream about it. Like, I would have been pastor in my own Baptist church, you know, not just any church. One of those big ones with the stained glass that make the heathens in the church feel comfortable because the glass show depictions of the Bible and the moments of all the Bible they could remember because you know they ain't never open it. They ain't even touched their Bible all week until they trying to watch that uh, stamp from the club the night before off their hand. And then people be like, "Hey, Aaron, oh excuse me, hey, 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 Reverend Pendarvis, like how would your church be?" And I'd be like, "Man, my church would be full of ushers with one hand behind their back." marching up and down the aisle, doing small signals like they playing baseball. So that way they know to get someone a fan or a visitor card. See, if I was Pendarvis, my name is Pendarvis Grayson, Reverend Pendarvis. All the nurses in my church would be wearing that old World War One nurse's uniform. They'll all be old with that one young one, that World War One uniform with the little hat and the thick stockings and those, uh, those New Balance, those Kawhi Leonard New Balance nursing shoes he got. They'll be wearing those. What about the Steph Curry nursing shoes? <laughs> nah, those are too bright. I need one that look like orthopedics where, where an old lady can stand on her feet the whole sermon and be able and then help somebody, help somebody when they get too hot. And then with a name like Bendarvis, see, I wanted to be a pastor, but I couldn't with my name. But with the name like Bendarvis, I could survive all the church scandals, you know, the normal ones. Like, like I got my church secretary pregnant or my wife is in charge of the daycare, right? For single moms, but she didn't pay the, the salary of a tech CEO. Reverend Pendarvis Grayson will hit the hit the revival circuit and all the metropolitan cities, right? You know, most of the places that like kind of lush touch with their Southern roots. And then when I go there, and even though it's the middle of summer, I'll be like, hey, can you guys turn the air conditioning off? Because I need the church to get all hot and steamy. So when I'm up there giving this fire and brimstone speech and I'm sweating and slob, and spit coming out my mouth, you know, my summer in Richard Carmack, and I'll start hollering and start talking real fast. And then my call and responses start picking up. I'll be like yelling, yeah. Can I get a yeah? Can I get a witness? And then someone like Pedro Mama catch the Holy Ghost. And then the two nurses, the one old, one the one young, going to go over there. How, the young one would start he fanning her. The young one would start fanning her. And the old one would come over there with the wind spoon to make sure she don't swallow her tongue. And then I'll be so good in these revivals. They'll be like, hey, 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 Reverend Pendarvis, can you come back? Can you come back next year? And I say, you know I can. Yes, I can. God has a plan. God has sent me. God has told me I got to come back. But I'm going to need a first class ticket, better accommodations and 25% of that offering plate. But and see, that's not going to happen because my name not been Darviz. It's Aaron Grayson. I got a damn Lutheran name, man. And it's all fucked up. And now I ain't got no dreams of being a pastor because I ain't got a name like Pendarvis. My name is Pendarvis. Man, whew. the chicken dinners I would have, the speeches I would give. I wouldn't be on this podcast Sunday because I'll be in church right now.
2: Man,
0: Aaron, I don't know how you expect to have no damn church win.
3: You can't even hold on to Harlem! <laughs> exactly. What's his name? What's his name? J.D.
2: Manning. J.D. Manning.
3: He got a perfect pastor name. He ain't worked a day in his life. He ain't worked a day in his life eating chicken, fried chicken at like that famous spot in Harlem that Obama went to. Why talking shit about Obama?
1: Sound good and all, but man, Pandarvis a hell of a name to own, man. Like I... hey,
3: you got that picture in the background that looked like a picture Pedarvis would have.
1: Yeah, I stole this
2: shit.
3: <laughs> what you say that's what? He stole, stole this
2: shit.
3: So, <laughs> that's the kind of name Pandarvis can. So
2: Mr. Harshaw, are you planning on being a preacher in the near future? With all that being said.
1: <laughs> no, no I actually, you know, I had never, ever, ever considered it. Never. Okay. Not nearly. Not, you no.
3: Know, well, just you know, know you had that option to fall back on with that man.
1: No. Thank, thank you for broadening my horizons. You know, I thought Pendarvis' was the name, like, a, a rock and roll star or a plumber. That's pretty much <laughs> the only two things I thought I could have been outside of this. But no, oh, I didn't grow I didn't grow up going by a Pandarba stuff. I grew up going by a square ass white name just like
2: you. Um Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
0: remember the Andrew. What
2: you what we use the middle name? Is that a middle exactly, name? Exactly. Yep. Yeah, okay. yeah, middle name. Yeah,
0: yeah, All right. Well, I, I know you had OG uh, told me. Tell us about that project. Cause I know that was that was one of the ways that I like was reintroduced to like your your writing works.
1: Hold on. Uh, so yeah, it um it's a photo essay online and it's also a book. There there are two separate projects, two different entities that are related. Um, Starting first with the photo essay online. I ran around town for five years interviewing elder black men, asking them if they could give some wisdom to the next generation, what would they offer? And I got everything, man. I got stuff from like this one OG. uh, He's not featured on the blog, but he told me this in person. He was like, you're not getting older, you're getting better. Um, And that stuck with me. You know, like that's one of them like just near and dear to the heart. Another one that's not featured on the blog is went up to somebody, asked him the question. He was like, a youngster, how old are you? I was like 25 at the time. He's like, man, I got milk in my refrigerator older than you. You know, it's just like little <laughs> witticisms like that that need to be documented. And so that's that's what the, the blog largely is. It's just these quotes. Sometimes I dive a little deeper into their backstories, but it's also about featuring their portrait. Just a generation of men who largely wasn't, weren't on the internet taking selfies, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. a lot of them don't have published photos. Um, and so outside of, like, institutions, you know, be it a school or you know, military or the de- prison. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was a fun project, did it for five years. And the whole inspiration for that project was my coming of age experience where I'd walk through the neighborhood and I'd bump into elder black men and they'd give me little tidbits of wisdom, you know, shit I didn't mm-hmm. even ask for. You know, OG yeah. bus driver, to tell you something about life. you like, you know what, note to self, um, you know, keep that. So the book is my coming of age story, 12 essays about me growing up in Oakland. I grew up in a circle of eight friends, eight male friends. We didn't have fathers in the household, so we kind of um, subliminally went out and saw different aspects of manhood and kind of quilted together our concept of what an adult man should look like. And that's what the book is largely about. And I sold that out of my backpack, man. I just, I did that for like a year and a half, man. 2,500 copies. Um, and it was all about um, that in-person engagement, you know, like meeting somebody at a coffee shop and selling a copy um, or going to a classroom and talking to the students. Um, but after a while, I got burnt out. So the book is not available right now. Um, the photo essay
3: is still online. The book will be re- reprinted soon, but uh, I just need to find some time to do so. I really like what you're saying there. You know, the the wisdom that gets the wisdom that gets, that gets lost. lost. Yeah, yeah. That gets the stuff, lost that and stuff
2: gets lost in all this, this TikTok generation, and you take it you're kind of doing the same thing, but you're taking it from people to know things or live that life. And I, actually, I thought that was dope.
1: Right on, bro. Yeah, Yeah, definitely going to a primary source. You know, like uh, journalists, yes, but also like social scientists. I'm going to a specific graphic asking one question. Uh, I have a a, a test essentially, and I'm I'm sharing my results. And so,
2: yeah,
1: how do you. You're you're speaking to a cultural
0: and just like a actual like people's experience. I feel like in a lot of your writings and you're speaking to the uniqueness of the story. and I know you went to journalism school and journalism is also about being objective. So, you know, how, how do you balance that? I guess journalism is getting less and less objective. In, in, yeah, in- I'm not,
1: not at all. Not anymore. What yeah. really try to tell people is that like, this picture behind me, I did, I didn't steal this. I actually did take this picture, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's a picture behind me of like- Oh, I was, was about to call the police. I was, yeah, that's sure. Pedro's old
1: car.
0: Pedro's dream it's car. Is that a, a burro bro man?
1: Or in front of a taco spot in East Oakland. Um, and I took this picture of my phone. And um, I love it, right? Like, but the thing is like that angle, that low angle at the tire of the car, I got that because I'm 5'5", I'm hella short. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it, there's no way that I could be objective in taking a photo and telling that story. It's already like subjective because I am the camera holder. Yeah. So let's just throw that out the window in all forms of storytelling. It was always going to be subjective, you know? I'm yeah. choosing the words to write this story. So yeah, objectivity is gone, especially because I'm a columnist on top of that. And now the question is, how do I do something more than just become, uh, I hate to say it, but it is kind of like just a blogger or just an opinionated person. Like you need to have actual facts. You actually have to do research and, and embed that. And so um, one of my favorite styles of writing or at least in reading people who do this, there's like, there's um, authors who will pull on census data and uh, old articles and maybe some court records and splice it together with a diary entry and an actual interview and, and their own opinion and they'll they'll quilt together a story. like That's the type of writing I want to do.
0: Prince Philip and DMX. Both passed away this week, um, sadly. Or maybe one's more sad than the other, I guess. But- Who um, the hell
2: is Prince Phillips?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's that dude um, who's married to that queen, that if uh, I him and we the gotta, queen were, was shaming that beautiful white woman, Meghan Markle, and her beautiful like red headed stepson husband, um, what's we, his name? We
2: Prince got kings Harry's. and queens out here?
3: <laughs> no, in England. In England, though, England, in England, Negro. <laughs> See, they, he, his family was on the wrong boat. <laughs> oh,
2: man, I thought we only had his one boat. president. My his one boat. President, Joe Biden.
3: <laughs> his boat should have went northeast. It's north. Not
2: um, Northwest, <laughs> Mr. President Trump. <laughs> He's stupid. Uh,
0: well, I guess my question is: uh, with their passings, one probably leaves a bigger, bigger void than the other. But what is the lasting memory that you will have of DMX and Prince Philip? So when we start, when we start with uh, uh, Pedro Prince Philip, <laughs>
2: <laughs> we still got princes out here in the street. I thought that, that was over with in the sixteen hundreds. <laughs> was the last king? (laughs) The Martin Luther King? Rodney King? King. Rodney King King was the last king. (laughs) Rodney King? I heard he was the king of uh, Alameda. (laughs) Come on. Where did he live when he he got beat up? Didn't he live in, no, no, was it Azusa? What are you talking about? Rodney King he lives. didn't live in LA he was or one of them valleys so fucking
3: old Rodney. we supposed to be talking about Prince Prince Miller <laughs> you're bringing he's, up where the God. hell Rodney King was living like I that mean. shit got to do with me I don't know Cedarbrook <laughs> apartments in San Bernardino How the hell how I'm supposed to know
2: we still got a Prince <laughs> <laughs> I thought Prince Roger Nelson uh, passed away five Come years on. ago <laughs> <laughs> he's stupid uh, <laughs> so, so, Prince, uh, I, I mean, man, that white man ain't didn't have nothing to do with me over here. I was over here struggling when he was born, before he was born, and when he died. And I'm still struggling. He ain't helped my diabetes. He ain't helped my kids. He ain't helped my wife find a job. He ain't did nothing for me. That was all President Obama. So damn about no damn uh, Prince of... Where you from? <laughs> prince of Germany? Prince of Italy? Yeah, he's the
1: American
0: Prince.
3: prince of
2: Italy. One of them <laughs> Turkey princes. I, I, don't I don't know. I thought he was a
3: sheikh. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Pedro what he felt about DMX. Before before they stopped before they take away a lot of before, now, They, now they now already that took away a front of action of of out of state schools. They gonna take away all king. kind of mm-hmm.
2: that's a king right
3: there. The a king.
1: Prince Philip was the Duke of Edinburgh.
2: The D- Duke of Edinburgh. Oh, I thought that was East of Vallejo. Oh. <laughs> Trying to figure out why we're talking about a damn prince and we live in America, Jack. You don't know about no damn prince. Uh. Plus, he uh. don't like niggas. Give <laughs> a damn about him. Man lived a, he, I get. Obviously lived a great life. He, he was a hundred years old.
3: He was ninety nine. Don't give him a hundred uh Oh, he was a hundred. Everyone keeps telling years me he was, was ninety nine years old. Man.
2: He was a hundred. He had a great, privileged, mm-hmm. service white life. And I ain't no, I ain't gonna see nowhere near ninety nine. I'm trying to make it into the fifties. <laughs>
0: DMX was 50. DMX
2: had had a lot of, uh, this man was genuine, you know, I'm, um, I, I knew, I knew where this was going when he said he was, um, he overdosed and he coded and I was like, yeah, he's not, that's it guys. And everybody was trying to keep him alive. Everybody was praying, but I knew right there that was it, you know, um, I knew that was his final journey, but he left so much here with, uh, he was really genuine he prayed for people he touched people uh, in his, his raps he you know he rapped in a certain way with so much energy it was speaking so much life at the same time it's like how how do, how do you get that talent where you just scream something you know most most of our holler rappers or whatever they're they're like hype man but he was he was hollering he was praying for people all son the same time. He was really genuine. He had a rough life. Uh, his sister came out with a blog. It's just unfortunate that he didn't have the same privilege of that damn prince you' talking about, because he would have been been here living a longer life and being a greater man. You don't have those privileges. We got people throwing black children away. That's what his life was, was growing up as, and what he made of that, just where he came from. And see, you see all these concerts and stuff that they're posting, and how he was beloved. So that's a great man, an unfortunate loss, but I'm glad he left a print on so many people's life. Yeah. A real prince, a real king, and no fake white king. Damn, baby. You're out titles. You You're, worse than You're out titles. This white king of France. Nobody know that, Nick? <laughs>
1: here giving whole, out time. I was, I, that was 16 bars right there.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you did.
0: Pat, Pat, how about
1: you? Yeah, yeah all right, so see yeah, the Prince Philip DMX whole news cycle both happened Friday morning. Seeing both of them was like, yeah, that conversation at the pearly gates is probably really interesting. Like just them talking to each other. I can only imagine. But yeah, Prince Philip had no real impact on Like you said, DMX was that person who, like, I had his post on my wall when I was like in third grade, fourth grade, you know? Like, that's what I listened to all of my life, all the time, like, quote him so often. Belly is saved on my computer. Like, it got to that point that I couldn't even write like a piece about him. Like, nah, I'm not gonna do that. Um, like, we could chop it up, you know? And I could tell you about the significance of DMX's art and how it showed me that you can be expressive and still be masculine, that you can be uh, the ball, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, that you can be, uh, and I'm joking, there's plenty of the ball examples, but no, he's just um, <laughs> a really, a really, really, really genuine personality. Here we go, so I'm listening to Hidden Brain, the host, I butcher his name every time I say his name, this like Sean Corradantes or something like that. Anyway, I'm listening to the Hidden Brain podcast and they're talking about how um, people deceive themselves as a means to like survival. Like we do this all the time, especially like, take for instance, your friends. You never just like shoot the shit straight with your friends. You kind of lie, you beat around the bush a little bit. And that's like the conscious mind is where we do things. DMX wasn't that type, like his art was very, very truthful. And for him to be that honest and that open, that candid and and it made for some media blunders and it made for some offensive language and homophobic lyrics and just, it made for some some shit. But given everything that he had been through, you can understand what informed him, what was poured into him, how it was coming out like that. And DMX fans, people who are real genuine DMX fans, there's a connection that I got to like some of my closest friends because of DMX's lyrics and songs. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot to unpack with, with his life and his death. I'm still working on that, but but yeah, last impact for sure. AG3, how about you? What what was what it about DMX or Prince
0: Philip for you? He cried, he
2: cried, he cried, Aaron cried, he called me.
3: He said, I no
2: Prince Philz <laughs> passed, <He> passed, <laughs> man, go, 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 <laughs> no, the Prince, he called uh, me. He just everybody
3: just like, who ever listened to me talk about someone, dead, on, you know, okay, for some reason, death never hits me hard. I don't know what it is, I don't know if it was my mom, I don't know, was it just everybody in my family passing away when I was so young? It just doesn't hit me in that fact. Like, Jerry can tell you, Pindar, but, sorry if I say your full name every time. It's just such a great name. You need to hear it. So so Jared would tell you, I I don't have a problem talking about the dead. My thing is, I like to look at their life as who they were as a whole, not as, you know, like, like, like for example, when Kobe passed away, I was like, I'm not going to take away what happened in Colorado and act like impression under a rug, right? I'm not going to take away what people and former teammates say, right? I add that to... This legacy of his being a girl dad and everything else now, added to that, because that's how you see this person. It's the journey of their life that makes their life grand and staggering. DMS is kind of that same way. So just to get Prince Philip off the way, um, I tell you this: the world will be in a better place. We ain't got to worry about him driving and hitting nobody out there in London. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people in China that don't have to worry about him saying racist shit no more, and, and let it being called gas back then. Look, let me give you some of his greatest things. While well, On a world tour of China, he once said, and this was, uh, what year was this? This wasn't even late. It's 86. 86. So he's old enough to not say stupid shit, but not old enough to let stupid shit fly out of his mouth, right? He called China ghastly. He told British students that if you stay there much longer, you will be all slitty on, right? But he also said, if it has four legs and not a chair, if it has wings and not an airplane and swims and not a submarine, the Cantonese will eat it. Is this is what what is racist man said, you know? Like I, I look up racist as racist because I could be racist myself. Jared, one of those, I'm not one of those people that believe black people can't be racist. Yes, we can, right? Everybody in this world can be racist. And this motherfucker was a racist. it takes take a racist to point out a racist, and that motherfucker was racist. When he once asked residents of 94 in the Cayman Islands, if most of them descended from pirates. In 2002, he asked the aboriginal leader when he was in Queensland, do you still throw spears at each other? I mean, this is racial shit. And they're like, oh man, he had gas." Oh, he was from old school joking. No, nah, no, nah, he was a racist ass. He was sexist. He asked the Kenyan woman, was she a woman when she gave him a gift? In 88, he says, I don't think a prostitute is more moral than a wife, but, they, but they're basically doing the same thing. He was just a sexist ass, dude. A female sea cadet told him he, she worked at a nightclub and he asked her was it was a strip club. I mean, that, that was nine. It's like we allowed him, his title allowed him to be racist and sexist. He's on that Stan Lee tip.
0: He's, he's on a Stan Lee tip. He was just saying whatever the fuck.
3: Stanley <laughs> said a lot less. Like this dude uses privilege to say a lot more, man. And you know what? And I don't wish anything that is someone's father, that's someone's grandfather, that's someone's uncle that lost their loved one. And I'm sorry for that, but you know what? You know, I mean, life goes on. It's, it's just good. We don't have to see someone in the royal family use more of his shit and say bigoted and racist shit, unless they talk about Meghan Markle from now on. Um, and so. <laughs> that yeah, beautiful white huh. woman. And then Jared, keep calling her, <laughs> call her white man. keep calling her white man. Anyway, uh, for DMX, you know, DMX for me, it was when rap started moving from hip hop. Do you remember anybody using the word hip hop when we were younger? I don't remember that word being used. Uh, hey, no, day. it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No. No, it, it, wasn't was, it wasn't a term. It was like so rap.
2: It was rap because you couldn't. You couldn't look like if you look on Genius, it was no word for hip hop. No, no, it wasn't at for, that time. Yeah, you at in, time. You don't
3: find no. it. You don't find it in rap. But matter, matter of
2: fact, here's a little. There's a little fun fact for you too. You two younger guys, you know they used to put rap music in with R and B when you used to look through Sam Goody warehouse, whatever. All the black music was in R and B. Old school, new school, didn't matter. It was all in the same same uh, category.
3: So I don't know if you're telling the truth because I know your ass didn't yes, shop to Sam am. Goody because it was too fucking expensive, you lying motherfucker. Your ass was buying singles at Warehouse on sale. You he over here lying. Don't listen. He did not go to Sam. We would walk in Sam Goody and walk the fuck out because it was... Like everything was seventeen dollars in there, and in the nineties, <laughs> that was a lot of fucking money. Boy, <laughs> we, we were making five dollars an hour. He did not buy anything from stamp. <laughs> the point
1: was that hip hop, hip hop has always been around. What do you mean? T- I mean, it's always no, been around, no, no, with that no. term,
3: that term ah. wasn't used a lot back then. It was rap. Like you're, you were rap. Yeah, that like exactly. that was the way you separated it from R and B. It was rap, and then it was R and B, and then around the time of like the late, late mid to late nineties when rap became this billion dollar industry, you started hearing the term hip hop more. And it was, you started seeing the fusion of it, right? You started seeing Puffy and people more sampling and not the sampling the old R&B beats, but now you're starting to see like rappers and r and singers on the same song. And you started hearing the word hip hop a lot more. And it became very, when it became a billion dollar industry back in 99, it started becoming a little too popcorn for me, right? All the videos had Hype, were Hype Williams video. They were shiny. I was just not digging it no more until DMX came around. And that changed my whole world. I was like, I can still listen to this rap, right? Like, good. This is, this is it. This ain't all this commercialized shit. Like, after Tupac and Biggie died, the commercialization just really took off. And then DMX came. And then his second album, which came out the same year, was even harder than the first. Flesh of My Flesh, blood, my I thought people were lying to me. Because I'm like, ain't no artist came out with the album that soon, right? And they're like, he got a second album. I'm like, what? Okay. Me and my boy ran up to Tower Records, not Sam Goody. I you don't know what the fuck this motherfucker talking about. He probably bought music on Suncoast Video.
2: <laughs>
3: Somehow Pedro was rich and hiding it. All. He must be hiding his money in the alley on uh, yeah, on, on Florence. Where- <laughs> 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 talking about he shot that Sam Good. So when the Time Records on Telegraph bought that shit and that shit, man, to this day, to this day, one of the one of the few is always on the phone. Whole album, I transferred the CD to a computer to put it on my phone. And look, I'm a big R&B fan. That's the thing you got to understand. I'm a big R&B fan. So when he came out with well, what's, what's really going on, like that touched me. That shit touched me. I don't know nobody in Yonkers. You know, when that shit happened, I was like, wow, this motherfucker is speaking to me, man. You know? Mm-hmm. At that time, I had this uh, African-American girlfriend that was yelling at me about going to class. So that shit hit. Like,
2: <laughs> An American girl. And I'm like,
3: who the fuck, you know, who the fuck she went, right? She uh, you know, it was the opposite. She was yelling, what the fuck I was with? I was like, oh, shit. And that was the thing. It was much needed. He, his, the timing was perfect. He was the person we needed. Another crazy ass story. One of our boys, Nathan, I could drop his name on here. He'd been on the show before. Nathan went to a DMX concert. It was right around the Trump administration, right? When it first started. DMX did a concert in Philly, I believe, because Nathan was living on, in Virginia at that time. He's like, this is the crazy shit. It was this old black guy on stage. He brings this old black guy on stage wearing overalls. And he tells the audience, this is my dad. I just met him for the first time today. I was like, that's DMX. It made me laugh, but I'm like, that's DMX who he is. Like Pedro said, like both of you guys said, genuine. Just genuine who he was. Didn't hide. I mean, you could say Prince Philip was genuine too. Genuine racist. But DMX was genuine, man. Just genuine. Like, I met him for the first time today. I'm going to bring him on stage. Y'all go see. Man. Yeah. Any given Sunday, intro to that soundtrack is a DMX intro. Blew my mind. For real. That's crazy. My niggas. He's
1: like uh he's like the Ray Lewis of rap.
3: Except without that shitty ass dancing and getting down on two knees.
1: <laughs> well, DMX did have some shitty dancing. He also didn't catch a body,
0: but yeah, he didn't kill nobody, I guess. But he did say, he, was a he, did say he said this lyric one time. One knee is for the
1: team, two knees is
0: for
3: Jesus. That's why DMX couldn't be Ray Lewis. You can't compare him to Ray Lewis because DMX would be on one knee and D- Ray Lewis on two. <laughs>
2: He's like, I'm on two knees.
0: Nah, you know DMX was was tight. I didn't listen to his shit that much, so I know for y'all, y'all, y'all listen to him way more than me. And my brother listened to him a lot, but I still listen to oldies and shit and Sam Cook. So,
1: DMX has a song called like yeah on Rough Riders Volume One has a song called like some X shit or something. It's like track thirteen. It's in the back of the album a sample of the Ohio players' "Funky Worm," and it's like, mm. what is DMX doing rapping over the Ohio <laughs> players' "Funky Worm"? You know what I'm saying? No, I'm an old school uh lover as well. You know what I'm saying? And it'd be dope to hear the samples
3: with this screaming, raging. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was the beauty of DMX. He, like you said, he would he would be on these old school R&B. Like R&B was starting to get to a point where it was too poppy. I mean, rap. And he would take an old school and be, and rage over it instead of being all poppy and be like, yeah, hey, I'm gonna make some commercial ass shit. He was like, nah, I'm gonna have my shirt off. I'm gonna cry about my fucking dogs and I'm gonna be out here screaming. Irv Gotti said, when Jay Z was questioning, putting them on him and Dan Gass questioning, putting Jay Z on. Irv Gotti was trying to get him on. He said, more people that live in the hood are like him than they are y'all. And that's
0: true. The one thing that I remember from DMX, other than like, yeah, his his style though, like, which, like, I think, energy he brought and the rawness and grittiness of what he was saying and that 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 like Pedro said bring that energy and how do you put like energy in those words the way he did was something that was like remarkable and I think um for him to put out three albums like in a span of two years was even like just as remarkable like he's like he put out this and block of yeah he put out this block <laughs> of you know content mm-hmm. and just expression that I think it's kind of like you know Tyson as a boxer kind of like he has his legacy and it just like mm-hmm it just it was something else beyond that right and but it, everyone will remember that era of tyson in boxing i feel like dmx was kind of that that person who came in and and hit the the hip-hop or rap world so hard with this stuff that like he is 20 plus years later people still know the name people still know his shit a lot of his stuff is still being used because of the energy and in, in the in the sound some is more poppy or you know mainstream stuff obviously but but everyone just knows that that era, like that was that was X DMX, and, and, and then he was able to spawn other things off it with the Rough Riders. Um, and and then you know, bringing Steven Seagal into the 2000s with some movies he did with them. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, like, I was, I was like, man, Steven Seagal still got it. My boy DMX over here, cradling to the grave, and shit. I was like, I fucks with this movie, but uh, there's something genuine about him. And even though he kind of fell off or he was, you know, he, you know, he, as you age, you know, you fall off as an artist or you, you become less, you know, in the spotlight, you know, um, you still like, well, think about it. When you think about hip hop, you still, you know, he still come to mind. Like, just like when you think about boxing, Tyson still comes to mind. You know, he kind of set a bar and a standard that like will always be yeah, that lasting legacy, which is unique because not a lot of artists have that. Like a lot of artists can be very commercially successful or, you know, have an album that does really well and it's like the album of the year, but people will forget about it in a couple of years. Or so people are like, yeah, I remember that jam. That was, that, was, that was a cool little era. That was a tight little jam. But like, you kind of move on from that music. Whereas I feel like X is like, that shit is like some cornerstone type shit in hip hop uh, history. So Prince Philip, um, I didn't I didn't know that there was still a prince um, when he died. So, you know, it is, it is what it is. I was kind of like- oh, no, 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 no.
3: He can't become a king because he's not of that lineage, even though he's married to the queen. So he that's should... why he's still called Prince Philip
0: sound like he, he he got a raw deal
3: <laughs>
0: apparently he's twice as royal as his wife though but he ain't got the
3: queen she instead. wasn't part of the right land so he, he couldn't become it's, it's uh, like megan marco like let's say or what's her name whatever one's married to that uh goofy uh, one that's that that's that's charles oldest uh, uh, son
0: Oh yeah, um, um, shit. Caitlyn, no.
3: I don't uh, know his name. Bill, I don't know. I said, I don't know. Um, he becomes <laughs> yeah. king, so his That's wife can British never friend. become queen. She'll always be princess because she. Kate, that Kate Middleton. That's that bitch. Kate Middleton can never. I won't be forget queen, a beautiful
0: white woman's name. She can never
3: become a queen. She'll only be princess. Oh, just to give you a real another Prince Philip quote before we go, he told the president of Nigeria that he looked like he was ready for bed because the president of Nigeria was dressed in a traditional robe.
0: Come
3: on. <laughs> he once told a thirteen year old who told him he wanted to be an astronaut that he should lose some weight. <laughs> this motherfucker was a walking Twitter.
0: Cuddy go to shout outs. go to shoutouts. Cuddy go to shoutouts is the uh, same way in the show, on everyone gets the floor to rant, complain, or talk about something that has been uh, uh, pissing them off recently. Uh, you could also make it a positive shout out and highlight something that needs a little bit more love in this world. So, Cutty Corner shout outs, Cutty Corner shout outs. It's, it's time. time. It's time. Cutty Corner shout outs AG3 Do you have a Cutty Corner shout out?
3: I do I do Uh, This week Well I was Originally was going to be going off on uh, turmeric I'm tired of going to Pete's And everybody putting turmeric in drinks Yes Yes it is good for you It's good for you right but just put the shit in it's supposed to be in. Put the shit in some Indian potatoes, some other spices, and some good. Don't. I'm tired of having it in my coffee, man. That ain't my cutty corner shot. I'm just tired of the shit every time I go. They're like, "Oh, do you want this drink with turmeric?" No, man. I want my turmeric to be in my food. That's usually has turmeric in it, right? Foods from Southeast Asia. Don't put it in my goddamn coffee. But anyway, that's not my cutty corner. I was going to be it, and I had a long rant about it. But, I don't, but no, this one goes out to. Uh, This week, a video game came out, a new video game called Pac-Man 99. And it came out on Nintendo Switch. And if you guys don't understand, there's a whole series of games called the 99s, right? We're on like, this is the second or the third one. There was Tetris 99. And what they did was they take an old classic and you go against 99 other people, Battle Royale style. So you see a whole bunch of small boxes. And as you're doing stuff like for the Tetris one, as soon as you close out a block or two, it jumps to someone else's game and they just start going up. So that's how you attack people. Pac-Man 99 is kind of similar. It's a great game. Every time you eat pellets and eat ghosts, they get like a ghost don't go on their screen. They get this like ghostly Pac-Man that slows them down. And then as you get later stages, the ghosts get faster. So I haven't won it yet. I finished second place numerous of times. I keep getting so close and not winning it. Uh, You got different moves. You can, you can send more ghosts over. You can send over what's called a hunter Pac-Man. If you, Get eat enough ghosts you can send over a hunter. The problem is to do it, it makes your power your pellets a lot like the time that you got to eat the ghosts a lot smaller. And so it's a great game. It's easy to pick up. The only problem is this one in gaming industry's huge problem. Game industry has a sexism problem. This is my thing. I realize I have one question to Bandai Namco, company that makes the game. And my question is, where's Miss Pac-Man at? Where's the girl, Bandai? Where's Miss Pac-Man? That's all I want to know. Where the fuck is Miss Pac-Man, huh? Where, Namco? Namco? Look at me, look at me. Where the fuck is Miss Pac-Man, huh? Michael B. Jordan, I hope you was watching. That is what your boy D'Angelo Barksdale did in, that, in the season one of The Wire, man, that's acting. You was on set with the man. How'd you not pick that up? Do you have a Cutty
0: Corner shout-out?
2: Since we on these ladies and these women, yes, I do. Um, my Cutty Corner shout-out goes out to Megan Rapinoe. Uh, so I guess she went after I Green for talking about equal pay women's rights. Don't we stop that fight. First of all, let's give a uh, Cutty Corner shout-out to Joe Biden. This is why I voted for Trump. Talking about fight for equal rights. Now, see, let's let's talk about the the actual working woman, the woman in the the industry that y'all mistreat. You know, the woman you allegedly like to go up and sniff their hair and grab them in certain places, bring them close to you when you talking to them? You know, the good old fashioned way, you know? Uh, How about this just getting regular working women equal pay? Let's work on that. And don't ask for no ask for no damn superstar for that help. You right there in the office, you do that yourself. Okay? You fix that problem. That's a big problem with working with them. Make it repeat, out. Do something that people like and they will pay you. They will pay your revenue. Be be, I don't know what you gotta do. It's it's more of getting your sport out there. It's not act. You don't ask somebody for some for money, and you're not being at the top. You're not attracting eyes. Okay, that is not for other people to do. Whether it be they be gay, whether they be black, whether they be white, whether they be man. No, that is on your sport to get together and market. You guys have to market more. Are you guys more talented than our man soccer players? Of course. And you guys need to market it that way. Cause them dudes that play on the American soccer team are some sort. My grandson played this weekend at a park on this in this uh league. And I was really impressed with my grandson out there being active, playing defense. I was I was like really, really shy. Like, look at my little grandson go. The USA man, on the other hand, I looked at them. I was like, that Negro just scored in this old goal. <laughs> I, none of the kids out there did that. None of the kids out there did that. So don't, don't make a repeat. Don't blame this on the man. Blame it on your sport. You guys need to market yourself. And, uh, if you want to use people for help, getting the word out there, yeah, don't go down Draymond Green. He's, he said he was with this is This is the thing about... Somebody, women always misunderstanding what we're saying. They can put their emotions and everything. Women, I need you, when you're trying to get paid, we need the strong side of it. We need, if you're in a sport and you want it more, you want more eyes, you want more attention, we need the strong side of it. We don't need the side of, oh man, uh, look at Draymond Green, he, he said he was going to help us. No, Draymond Green doesn't play soccer. No, he doesn't play soccer. He plays basketball. We watch basketball. Even I'm gonna tell you. I'm telling this now. When more women need to watch women's basketball. Y'all love watching housewives. Y'all love watching women act silly on um hip hop hip hop wives or whatever the hell y'all do. Y'all like watching all this foolishness on television. Get the women that support you, or get some more women to support your sport. And this is it's just for white. Black, gay, I don't care, lesbian, uh, the trans community, get everybody you can to follow with your craft. You need to put more, you need more eyes on your sport and do not ask Draymond Green to do it. He ain't the prettiest looking Negro. He looks like me. A lot of people don't even like him. And so you gotta do the work, you gotta put in the work. These, a lot of people put in the work, a lot of, shoots, tennis, put in the work.
0: Well, my cutty Corner shout-out goes out to the WNBA of the MLB. That would be the Oakland Athletics.
2: (laughs) Come on, man. Damn. Damn.
0: They probably pay their players the same salary as they do WNBA players, and they don't tell the stories of their players to make you interested because you know what? They pick up old niggas that nobody wants on the team anymore. Or they bring up new niggas. What they doing, Richard? They're getting them some new niggas. Always oh, getting them some <laughs> new niggas that I ain't never heard of. And I got to get used to them for about two or three seasons before they gone again anyways.
3: I wish they would pick up more. They need to listen to Richard Pryor more and pick up more new ones. Get one of these niggas, please. Seriously, they need to they need I don't care where you get them from. Get them from Venezuela.
0: Niggas won't mind. They won't mind. They won't mind. That's what they think, the think. Uh, they think. They, they think all their fans are a bunch of niggas and that we won't mind. Um. You know, what I'm saying. Uh, so my shout outs to the A's. I went to an A's game this week um, against the Dodgers and they had the darndest of times beating a undermanned Dodgers squad. Granted, they had to face off against Trevor Bauer that game. Um, but they the Dodgers were not playing with Mookie Betts or Cody Bellinger. Yet the A's. We're lucky to even win that game. It felt like the game should have been seven to one or something like that at different points in the game, but it was really only three to one, and the A's were able to chip away and tie the game uh, in the ninth. And they wanted an extra innings. But some glaring things occurred to me. Glaring thing number one: the A's are idiotic for picking up two motherfuckers that their division rival was like, we're done with this, this era of you guys being on the team is over. We're moving on for younger and better, or younger, potentially, and better. The A's, on the other hand, said, let's get rid of our homegrown shortstop and bring in an old nigga that's still pretty good on defense but can't hit much. Elvis Andrews, you was a top prospect 10 years ago, and you turned into an average player. Good job. Uh Mitch Moreland, you're a gold glove winning first baseman You with a little bit of pop. But they didn't want you anymore. Yet the A's like, man, we got these guys. Not via trade, via free agency. And you know if the A's are paying you a free agency, they ain't paying you much. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they got some bargain basement deals for some vets. And then they got Matt Olsen injured again. Jesus Lazardo struggling and scuffling to hit the zone. Frustrating. Young talent that could carry the team potentially. Not, not there or not carrying on. Matt Chapman getting... You know, made to look like a fool, but then come back around, which was interesting to see. He came back around later on, hit a home run. But um, my biggest issue is just that they're playing bargain basement baseball and they even brought back Jed Lowry for the third time. Jed Lowry, an old curmudgeon dude who swings as though he could be doing something better when he's up to bat. I'm like, bro. If you got something better to do, go swing up, go, go 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 to the pinata and swing the bat. If you got something better to do, go do some taxes somewhere. Go sit on a uh, on a golf course if you can swing harder there than you are up at at the plate because you're swinging like you like you don't really give a fuck, and you're old and you're garbage. Yet the A's want to bring him back again. So my cutty quarter shout out goes out to the Oakland A's. You're not giving me much to to really. Feel confident in y'all had a good run in a 50 game season last year, whatever the game amount of games was in a shortened season last year. Y'all made it work. You were on a sprint, and the team, you know, did some nice things and made it to the playoffs. But what'd y'all do once you got to the playoffs? Choked it away as usual. Okay, so Oakland A's, y'all trying to get this Howard Terminal Stadium, new stadium built, and this new stadium complex built down in near the Brooklyn Basin. You know, what I'm saying revitalize that part of Oakland. Y'all need to start getting some – y'all need to get a Barry Bonds that y'all can subsidize the stadium with. Like, man, we got Barry Bonds. He's chasing home run record. We're going to build this new stadium on the piers. And, motherfucker, it worked. The Giants knew how to parlay Barry Bonds into getting a new stadium built and and, and running and running running from there. They're trying to get a new stadium built, and these motherfuckers got Jed Lowry, Elvis – they got a nigga named Jed, a nigga named Elvis, and a nigga named uh, Mitch mitch jed and elvis walk into a bar to ask for a payday loan you know what that that payday loan gonna say nigga please uh, anyway shout out to the a sponsorship uh we're an oakland podcast and we'd love some sponsorship from an oakland team holla at us dave Caval, billy bean billy bean you can eat a dick but dave cavall holla at your
3: boy sponsorship <laughs>
1: That
0: is our show. Any final words y'all would like to have?
3: Yeah, I'd like to have a correction. I said, you know, DMX, DMX, did you use Hype Williams for some of his videos, including one of them, which is one of the greatest hip hop love songs, uh, How It's Going Down by DMX. Hype Williams directed it, but it wasn't the normal Hype Williams, uh, let me direct all the other music videos and have all this sequence. It was real, it looked like he did it on the streets of Yonkers.
0: Okay, okay, shout out. Shout out to Hype Williams, sponsorship, come on our show. Uh, Pietro, any final words?
2: Yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to um, our guests. And then also I'd like to give a shout out to DMX. Um, one of my favorite songs by DMX that I play, I play constantly, Slippin'
3: and Falling." Yeah. It's one of my favorite DMX songs. It's a great song. From Flesh of Flesh, love little more. What, that was from the second oh. album. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, man. Shout out to DMX sponsorship, man. RIP, lost a good one this week. And uh, you know, what I'm saying hopefully uh, the the community can move on and 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 uh, will continue to uh, rep his name and his works. And uh, maybe maybe it'll inspire. Maybe he'll inspire us a new age of uh, these mumble and uh, emo rappers to start. You know, get a little more raw, and real with it, like DMX was. Start telling real stories instead of these. Glamorized Hollywood commercial stories that they want hip hop to be nowadays.
3: Hey, uh, just to let people know, NBA Channel got a documentary called "Ready or Not" uh, about the '96 draft. Uh... One of the greatest NBA drafts, uh, Kobe, Iverson, Antoine Walker, Marcus Camby, just to name a few, Sharif Adur Rahim. It was great. Steve Nash. Great KG, draft. It?
0: KG was in that draft. Uh, KG, KG was a year before
3: KG. Kobe. He was a year before Kobe. Uh, great draft. The documentary so far looks solid. I'm recording it for anybody who, uh, you know, uses Aaron Grace's Comcast. We feel free to go under my recordings and watch it. It's not one to miss.
0: Well, uh, that is our show, my friends. And uh, we hope that Got you Got another know.
3: Cutter Cutter shout-out? Huh? Oh, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> it me be the hint for not the not, not think of it faster. <laughs> oh, so yeah, right. y'all, mess
2: with you. But it's quick. Cutter Cutter shout-out goes to uh, Call of Duty. Y'all been really messing up with this update. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'll Big let time, you see yes. Big time, the meta's messed up. Yeah, people don't use the same guns. Um, it, it, her dance is getting old. Change
0: it up, homie. All I
3: gotta say, change it up. Pop on board, in the
0: board. All right. The cash, homie. All right. Uh, stay blessed, stay healthy, and we will
2: leave you
3: with this. So you write everything I say? Yes. Yeah, I mean that's you, you write all of your songs. All right. I wouldn't be able to call myself an artist if I didn't write. You've had. Um, I guess I would call it a gospel song or certainly- A gospel song and a conversation with the Lord on every album. Uh, On every, on every album. Lord, give me a sign. I I pulled some of those lyrics out. Uh, tell me what these lyrics are and what they mean. This is a conversation with the Lord. Really need to talk
2: to you, Lord. This is the last time we talked. The walk has been hard. Now, I know you haven't left me, but I feel like I'm alone. I'm a big boy now, but I'm still not grown. Still going through it, pain and the hurt. Soaking up trouble like rain in the dirt. And I know only I can stop the and pain with just a mention of my Savior's name. In the name of Jesus! Devil, I rebuke you for what I go through and trying to make me do what I used to, but all that stops right here. As long as the Lord's in my life, I will have no fear. I will know no pain from the light to the dark. I will know no shame, spit it right from the heart because it's right from the start that you held me down and ain't nothing they can tell me now. Lord, give me a sign!
0: good game i need three players i can't play um this is gonna be for our patreon so you know but it, 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 it it's a game i like to call crackhead coon or colonizer so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna give you a name of somebody and you have to tell me is that person a crackhead a coon or a colonizer if you get it right you get a point if you get it wrong you don't get a point there's five names
1: oh okay and so so wait 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 and the, there's a definite answer, like I can't prove why I think this. You can you can explain it. No, feel free after you give
0: your answer. I love explanations why you chose that answer. Because, you know, t- typically nobody is one thing, just one thing, but I usually go with the, the what are they, what are the majority? Are they more this or are they more that out of the three options? Gotcha. And these are real people, historical figures. Real people, real people, yep. Real people. Yeah. Okay. And you can win a prize, though there is a prize to be won at this at the end of this. So you know, I might you need win. to. You, you, do you want the prize? <laughs> 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 Let me show you what Pedro won oh. last time he won this game. Pedro won a limited edition copy of Shaft in Africa on DVD. That's not yeah. bad. That's not a bad yeah. prize to tell you. You know, last year I have year, it on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> right? Last year Pedro sponsored. We did a Black History Month giveaway, and Pedro sponsored us by uh, giving us one of his uh, black exploitation films as like the prize at the end of the month for you know our, our fans who you know uh, entered the the giveaway. And uh, so yeah, he sponsored. Uh, what was it, Cleopatra Jones? Was the DVD he gave us? So yeah. All right. So we're gonna play a round of Crackhead, Coon, or Colonizer. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you the name of a real person and you're gonna tell me, are they a crackhead, a coon or a colonizer? Okay, first person. And I'm gonna give you guys a little video. This is the first one should be easy because I'm giving y'all like a little, giving y'all like a little video to go with it to help you kind of figure out your answer. But first person, Hunter Biden.
3: You would wake up some mornings i shouldn't even say some mornings because you slept for like 15 minutes at a time yeah and be looking for crack and just smoke whatever was there
1: yeah i uh you know i spent more time on my hands and knees picking through rugs um smoking anything that even remotely resembled crack cocaine
0: hunter biden crackhead coon or colonizer ag3
3: uh am I here? Okay, I'm gonna go with crackhead. And my and once a crackhead, always a crackhead. And especially if you if you only sleeping for 15 minutes. I mean, that's some serious crack. Like the one crazy thing about crackheads, they seem to get sleep, they get food, and they still want to have sex. But he his crackism went kind of far. Sleeping 15 minutes at a time? I oh, don't know, man. That's some that's some that's some high-end crack he was having. He was on that, he was getting that crack from the Ukraine straight. <laughs>
2: he's stupid uh pedro he's uh he's a coon all right um reason why the reason why he's a coon is uh i guess uh i guess that's one reason why uh i think he was hanging out with too many obamas around the time it's like he was just cooning out he just tried to fit in <laughs>
3: Damn Pedro, he can't even be that he was in the car when his mom died, man. man hey, his smoking crack to what trying to fit in. and I smoke crack to fit in. Damn, Pedro. <laughs> he's
2: trying to get he's At trying to, to name a him.
3: class after you. <laughs>
2: Damn, I see what I see. <laughs> yeah,
0: All right. I mean.
1: Uh Pandaris. Uh Hunter yeah. Biden, crackhead, cool or colonizer. Oh, colonizer, like just off lineage. <laughs> All right, Hunter Biden is a
0: crackhead. It said in the clip he was smoking crack. He, I think he went on to say that he, he probably smoked more Parmesan cheese.
3: <laughs> oh my God!
2: Did you see yes. that? You know, <laughs> I, I caught, He said he's looking for anything to smoke, so he didn't have crack, so he was cooning out.
1: He said this. I- probably smoked more Parmesan cheese than anyone <laughs> anyone that you know I'm sure Tracy. <laughs> damn,
0: damn.
3: Yeah, I'm surprised she didn't say wait, you know
1: anyway, now we see the actual video. Come on, man. Like look at the setup. Look what look where they at. That's the house of a colonizer. Look at that. That piano is, is straight made from ivory tusk taken from endangered elephants. Like you are like,
0: very good. On. It was very close, but he just, the smoke and crack thing. I'm
2: sorry. That was a red herring. Like, no, no, like you just threw that out there to throw us <laughs> off.